Welcome to the Milt Talk Legacy Builders Podcast, a place where Milts can connect to one another to inspire, motivate, and collaborate to continue to build a strong and well-connected alumni association. I believe that Milton Hershey School rebranding is actually just getting started, and I want to be part of that journey. I think the best way to commemorate Milton and Catherine Hershey is to continue our own legacy that impacts the world as Milton Hershey so impacted us. I believe the level of extraordinary that each and every milk carries within them is deeply underestimated, and this podcast will help in the journey to show off what milts are really made of. I'm excited to get to know more milts, more insight to their upbringing, and what they're doing now to build their legacy and bring value to others, and what being a milt really means to them. Today I'm talking with Kelsey Steele, aka Kels Acosta, class of 2003. Kelsey believes that educating others on other cultures is one of the greatest ways of finding and maintaining new perspectives on life, which he believes ultimately leads to balance. Kelsey's traveled the world and created priceless memories while building a strong audience. It's rewarding to him to bring value and instill confidence in those looking to step outside their comfort zone and travel the globe as well. One thing he takes from it all is how to adapt and appreciate the ideas of others and how they believe life should be lived. His motto, travel further to meet the real you. So welcome to the Milk Talk Legacy Builders podcast, Kelsey. I'm happy to have you as my guest. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm honored that you have me here today. I really uh, am. No problem. Thank you for being here. Yeah. I'm really glad that you're on. I have so many great questions for you. But okay. I want to start with um, how old were you when you first got to MHS? Uh, so I got. I was about 11 years old when I got to MHS. So yeah, what class so. was that? Sixth grade or seventh grade? That was sixth grade. Sixth grade okay. for me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what? And you came. We we talked about earlier. You came from um, PA, but you were originally from New York. Yeah, originally from New York. Um, my dad and my mom kind of went separate ways. My dad stayed in New York. Um, I went with my mom, obviously to Pennsylvania, and then a few short years later, I you know I landed at MHS. Yeah. You know. How did your mom find out about MHS? You know what's funny? I'm actually a, a second generation. Okay. Um, in my family. So my uncles, yeah. my uncles are twins, Anthony Steele and Alvin Steele. Um, and they went forget, to MHS? Yes, they went to oh, MHS. Wow. Sure. And they're much older? They're older. So I believe, I'm not sure the year, like, is it like 70 something? Like oh, late 70s? Yeah. So wow. I'm a second generation uh, Steele um, wow. at MHS. And now my nephew was there. So he's a third generation. Wow. I think you might be the first person I've talked to who has three generations in MHS. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. That's what's wow. up. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. When, you, um, when you graduated MHS, did you decide to go to college? I did. I did. So at the time I decided to go um, to Kent State in Ohio. Um, Ohio. Me, wow. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. All the way there. Well, you know what? Me and another uh, Mill, uh, Raphael Balthazar, Raph. So me and Raph teamed up. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah. We took our talents to to, to Kent State, to Ohio. Nice. Um, but yeah, so we were there together. And um, it was kind of something that, you know, we wanted to step outside our comfort zone and really leave. I think like being a milk, like we appreciated like living in the campus style of living. Mm -hmm. So I think it was important for us to really go to a school where we can get that real state school feel. Yeah. Um, and that state campus. Um, yeah. So yeah. But we went out there. It was an amazing time. We met so many yeah. amazing people. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Did you did you do sports in college? 
Yeah, so we were doing, we, me and Raph were into football when we okay. were there. So that's what really took you, took you both there. Yeah, you know, and then, and then life is funny because once you start getting life experiences, you start experiencing. So I didn't finish Kent State. Okay. So I actually transferred out of Kent State after my second year. Uh-huh. And then what um, I came back to New York. Okay. And I then came back. you said you had worked at Madison Square Garden, right? For like 10 yes. years. Yes. Yes. I've been at MSG. I've been at Madison Square Garden for the last 10 years. Wow. Um, and that's been amazing, like working for the Knicks and for the Rangers. Yeah. You know, in a sporting arena, it's different than any typical job because you're asked to do a lot more, but just in a shorter amount of time. Yeah. Right. So you have to realize like MSG, they they call it the world's most famous arena for a reason. Yeah. So people come from all over the world to come to this place, whether it's for music, Justin Timberlake concert, yeah. you know, Rihanna, whoever you want to name, uh, basketball, hockey, you know, all these kind of events. So people take it seriously. So it's like Disney World when you come yeah. there, right? So you have to be on high alert. You have to, you know, anticipate what guests are going to want to do. Um, and what I, what I do, I'm pretty much like a host slash server. Yeah. So, you know, I work, I pretty much accommodate all the celebrities and the season yeah. ticket holders who yeah. sit courtside in the club seats. Um, yeah. So, hospitality. oh yeah, for sure. Premium service, like this is New York City. Yeah. you know type of hospitality so we're able to provide that premium service to people and make a living off of it right yeah right whereas if maybe we're in milwaukee it wouldn't be the same type of right situation yeah. but i'm blessed to be there. i met so many amazing people there yeah. and it's fun i go into work for three four hours people come in there they're looking up you know they look like tourists they've never been there and they're screaming they're yelling you know and i'm a knicks fan so yeah it's my team so that makes it even better yeah, that is. It's nice to be able to go to work and it be a nice, fun environment. And then to, oh, for sure. to meet new people. So how yeah. many celebrities would you say you met in those 10 years? Probably like Oh, five. man. So many. Yeah. I can't even. Um, I've met so many. I've met everyone from from um, from Bill Clinton oh, uh, to Spike Lee. Yeah. Um, oh, very cool. I'd like to meet Spike Lee. Yeah. I like. Yo, I mean, the list goes on. You, you, you know, there's going to be so many people. I mean, I've read it. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I've met, Um, if you watch Orange is the New Black, uh-huh. uh, Lisa Prepon, she was like Alex. She was the main, she was the girlfriend, but. Person. Yeah. Okay. But the funny thing is, of all the celebrities I've met, it's like the ones you don't know their name. Yeah. She's like, yo, what is it? I know this person. I know this person. You're like Googling it and you're like sitting <laughs> next to them. Right. And then people are next to you like, isn't that the guy from? I'm like, yeah, I don't yeah. know his name. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's a cool experience, man. It's cool. It's cool to like have people, you know, of that stature, like know you on a first name basis. So, yeah. you know, yeah. it's cool. That is cool. I mean, and I'm sure it taught you how to build, you know, relationships and, mm -hmm. and be around that type of caliber of people and provide that kind of service that they're looking for. Because it's not easy to provide good service. You no, it's to yeah. what they like, what they might like, what they don't mm -hmm. like, you know, and, and that, like it, be a good conversationalist, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So building that rapport as soon as they come is very important, right? Establish, establishing yourself as like, you know, as confident, you know what, and then it's consistency also. So when people continuously come back, a lot of these people are season ticket holders. Right. So they're spending 40, 50 grand on tickets, yeah. right? 
per season. Like their normal good experience. It's sometimes like it's a thousand dollars per seat. Yeah. So if you come with a family of four, that's four grand for a night out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Then that's not even including food and beverages and depending on where you sit, you know. Right. Um, but like I said, it's all about consistency and just you know, anticipating, you know, what people like, you know, and because it's a premium service. Some people come there and they want to brag to their friends about them having service, you right, know? Right. So they'll come and they'll have all the, their work buddies and like, oh, this is my guy, Kelsey. He'll get us anything we need. And yeah. they're like amazed, you know, but <laughs> it's, it's a cool experience just to, to provide value to people, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could tell that you and you get a lot of enjoyment out of watching and helping other people enjoy themselves, which is mm -hmm. funny. Cause it kind mm -hmm. of lights you up as soon as you said like people come in they look like tourists that like put a smile on your own face yeah cool. it's hard it's hard to be mean to someone who's experiencing something for the first time yeah yeah right? and like if that's your job and you know it's like little kids come up and they're like they have a sharpie and a basketball like can i get a signature like and you're like this is the first game you know i've had so many different experiences i'll tell you a quick story real quick yeah there was a there was a ranger game um a, a new york rangers game it's a hockey game there was a guy who um who came in with his family it was the first game family of four his wife and his, his boy and his girl um and they come down closer towards the ice in the sections that i'm sitting at the really good sections they allow you to sit there while the teams are warming up and then once the game starts you have to go back to your seats uh -huh. right he comes to the game and so i'm there you know conversing with him and his story is basically you know, he, he had a horrible scalping ticket story uh -huh. and basically said he was in contact with the guy for about three weeks. Yeah. And, you know, he got the tickets from him. Yeah. You know, he spent a thousand dollars on the tickets. He then gets to the arena. Boop, they don't work. Wow, that's so now. Exactly. So now he has to spend another thousand dollars just to get in the arena and they're nowhere close to the seats he would have had before. Oh, that's, yeah. It's messed up. So now he's there. He spent two grand. This is his kid's first game and he's yeah. like yeah. going through it. So I told him, I said, hey, listen, you know what? This is my section. I'm working here. Come check in with me in the next 20, 30 minutes. If no one's sitting here, I'll move you up into my section. Wow. That's awesome. Right. So the game starts. He comes back and checks with me. Yo, when I tell you, the, my entire section was packed yeah. except for four seats in the front. Wow. And wow. I let him sit there. And it was it happened to work out like that. And it was so... Right ironic yeah but ever since then me and this guy have been in contact so it's like you can do things like that for people yeah 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 that's yeah that was that was for him the universe for sure here, this is yeah so you were like that you brought that together that's so awesome for sure so it was like Sorry. i was able just to do that by just being empathetic yeah right and willing to do something about it right yeah and i bet you honestly he probably forgot all about the scalping issue and probably was like this was it worked out better. The seats before. that he was sitting in was $1,500 a seat. Wow. How you know, so, yeah. That's awesome. Oh, and yeah. his, his, that was his kid's first game. How yeah, was it was their first game. So, you know, it's memorable for them. Yeah. And yeah. that's, so every every now and then he'll send me a text and just say, hey, what's up, buddy? How you doing? So, yeah, that's it's cool. Awesome. Yeah, it's cool. cool. Yeah. So from yeah. there, after those 10 years, I know you said, um, uh, yes, baby. Bum bum. I told you I'm on my appointment, okay? No, baby, not right now, baby. When I'm done, 
I'm sorry, I'm gonna edit that out. It's all good. <laughs> so once you decided, you know, to, to leave there 10 years later, and I know you said earlier, um, mm -hmm. the onset of COVID had a lot to do with you pivoting, you know, sure. your life into a different direction. What happened at that point? Uh, so we were notified, we were working uh, like, like March Madness was about to start. So a lot of college yeah. games come to MSG. And yeah. we had we had solidified a spot for March Madness. You know, that's when all the teams fill out the brackets and stuff like that. Yeah. So MSG had took on a, a certain amount of games. So we were excited about working the March Madness. It's been a couple of years. You know, it would have it been great money, great exposure. Um, and we were notified like on March 12th that the garden was shutting down the next day. Wow. And they didn't know when they would open up again. Hmm. You know, and at that point, I'm like, okay, well, Right. So the whole world was on pause. So I wasn't really shocked at first, but then I'd say like a month after I'm like, this is really real because yeah. I also had another job. I was uh, managing uh, for a hotel, the Nomo Soho hotel, uh -huh. downtown in Soho and uh, for a catering company. And, you know, when everything shut down, it was because of there were larger gatherings. Uh -huh. Right. So when you're working with a hotel and catering and arenas, right. there's too many people like that has to shut down. Yeah. So those were the first places to shut down. So those were my both places of employment. Right. Um, so in a month of, uh, in a span of a month or two, it was kind of like you're home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's home. Like laid off, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So for me, um, you know, I went through the situation of like filing for unemployment and doing these things. Um, it just so happened I had to short it in the stick. Yeah. And I didn't get through to unemployment. I didn't receive anything until about five or six months later. Wow. So here I am spending my my savings, my life savings right. to keep me afloat. Right. Um, and during that time, it really struck a struck something in me. Yeah. Um, because I told myself I have to be responsible mm -hmm. for everything in my life moving forward. Wow, that's so good. You know, the big lesson. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, beep, it's beeping right now. Sorry about oh, that. Yeah, he's backing up. I'll wait for him to leave. <laughs> Definitely. But, yeah, all last know. week I had nothing but construction out here. They were doing like new pipes. And I had another recording set up, so I had to move it because all you heard was that. Just the yeah. singing and the yeah. Singing. yeah. It was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. It's New York City. I got to deal with that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, so uh, it struck something in me. And I said, I have to be able to, you know, take control of my own destiny. Yeah. And at that time, I, I had already been traveling and documenting some of my, my stories and adventures, but I never really put it into something tangible that I could pr produce and give to people, right? So they can take it with them wherever they go. Right. Um, and and but what I realized during that time, I wasn't receiving any money, any type of income I was living off of my savings. Yeah. So I told myself, if I'm if I'm here providing for myself, then I have to like I don't want to be at home mm -hmm. dwelling on what could have should have, you know, what could have happened. Right. I have to go and, and create something myself, right. create, create something for myself and doing the vlogging and the YouTube, it allowed me to, to, to go out and to connect with people. Yeah. So I disconnected from the social media world and all these kind of things. And I went out into the real world and I created um, uh, a web series 
you know, I created a web series. It was called Corona TV NYC. I saw that. Yeah. I remember watching that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah for like, sure. Of course, perfect timing, but like, you yeah, know, that was so smart that you used what was happening, what was big, what was trending, what everybody wanted to know more about and like put that into something that was happening. Absolutely. New York at the time was, I mean, it was hit bad. So everybody yes. wanted to know about New York, especially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was so good. That was so yeah. good. So Thanks. yeah, tell me about that. I appreciate that. Um, so what happened was, so pretty much, you know, I was doing the travel thing. I was doing the travel vlogging and I was kind of, I was a bit discouraged because like, yo, it's Corona, like you can't go anywhere. Everything is shut down. I can't travel anywhere. And I'm telling myself, I can't create any content, right? And because I can't go anywhere and I can't film these things. And then I got into a guy named, there he goes again. Yeah, Zamina, I'm gonna take this time too. Zamina, stop baby, please. No noise, I told you, okay? I like what you built over there. No more noise, okay? You wanna watch cartoons on my phone? Okay. You want to come sit on my lap? No. Okay. You sure you don't want to sit on my lap? No. There's this guy back. Okay, there he goes. Okay. So um, so I got into this guy, uh, Gary V. Um, and pretty much he's like a. I love Gary V. Yep. You already know. I've been following him for years. Yes. Okay. Okay. So he's so he's a he's pretty sharp. Yeah, and, and I followed him and every day I woke up and he has a thing called Tea with Gary Vee and it was like yeah. at 8, 9 in the morning and he'd live stream for two hours and yeah. he would answer people's questions and provide yeah. value that way, yeah. right? So That's I got great. into that, I got into that heavy and and he pretty much just dropped gems for people to really get them motivated. Um, What his end goal is to stop watching his videos and go right. do what go he's do. telling you yeah. to do, Yeah. right? So it, you know, and he he said something that stuck with me, that stuck with me also. And he said, if you can't create, then just document. Mm, mm, right. Yeah. So I took that and I said, you know what? I can't travel and I can't create these vlogs, but let me document what's going on in New York City right now. So yeah. then I decided to create Corona TV MRC, yeah. which is going around to different neighborhoods in New York and asking people their experience, what it's like, who's been the support system, you know, how they're doing with money. And every week it would vary, you know, based upon what was going on. Um, and it was amazing the people that I connected with and just stepping outside of my comfort zone, like this is Corona. Yeah. Like Corona just started. Right. Mind you, I'm out in the street. Interviewing people. Yeah. Interviewing people. And they're like, bro, yeah. you know? Um, but it was something that I had to do. I risked my, I risked my health. Yeah. You know, I ran into to people that were nurses that that volunteered to come from upstate. Yeah. You know, like were full of tears, saying that you know they've been on two hospital floors and everyone is on ventilators. Wow. And seeing that type of experience, but that so I, I took that Corona TV NYC and ran with it. I created about fifteen episodes. Yeah. Um, and it was a weekly thing, and that is what drove me to go out and create something bigger than myself. Yeah. Right. And I, I, I start to understand what it meant to provide value. Yeah. Right. Because people are at home, they're depressed, they're, you know, they're not thinking in the right state of mind. So me going out and interviewing people just like them allows them to see that you're not going through it by yourself. Everyone has an issue or a challenge. 
it's all about how you react to it you yeah, know so good yeah wow that's awesome and mm -hmm. what kind of what kind of feedback did you get um from that just that just that first initial type blogging that you did man i it was it was a it was a lot of like great feedback yeah you know and i also learned from gary v that at a point in time you don't you don't want to be concerned too much about what others think of you right right or too hung up on their opinions right so for me i was laser focused i was like i want i want feedback because that's what's going to help me grow and make me yeah. become better yeah but it was like i'm going to do this regardless exactly yeah right and there would be days i would have not like panic attacks but i would be here at home like yo I have to go out and like get in people's face and interview them. Like, I didn't really want to do that sometimes. Right. But I said, this is bigger than myself. There's someone out there right now who hasn't received unemployment for four or five months, like myself, right. Right. who doesn't have an outlet, right? Mm -hmm. And just to kind of, I just wanted to, to people to start creating conversations amongst their friends and family, yeah, you know, which is healthy, you know? Yeah. But I received great feedback. People were telling me, you know, I can't believe you're out on the street, you know, be safe, wear a mask, um, it's great what you're doing. And then, you know, obviously everyone that, you know, participated in this series, they told their friends. And so it was, a cool thing is I kind of, you know, engaged my audience members on like through Instagram and through Facebook. So every week I would give um, four options of locations to go. So maybe you could do Midtown or Lower East Side, or Soho or yeah. Brooklyn. And then my audience members would choose the location that I would go to every week. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So that's they're kind of engaged. Yeah. yeah. So they were engaged with it. Yeah, for exactly. sure. Yeah. And then you're responding to that engagement. So creating that relationship with your audience. Yeah. Absolutely. And everyone who voted when the episode came out, I would then send them a DM, say, hey, you voted for this place. This is where we're going. Here's the, here's the video. You know? Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So from there, you just continued to expand. What was next? Uh, what was next after that? So I did a couple of different things on my channel. Um, I did some some music stuff. I created a lo-fi locations, which is basically a 30 minute uh, like uh, commercial free music okay. um, to help you um, study, to help you work out, ah. to help you relax. Yeah. So what I did was I created uh, it's like virtual travel. Yeah. So every song, I would take the song and I would create a theme. So every episode is 30 minutes long. So it's about 13 songs each. Okay. I would take each song. I would create a theme around that song. So if the song is called like waves, maybe that song would be dedicated to like ocean waves. Mm -hmm. And then I would take footage and I would collage it from all over the world. Nice. You know, I would go from, you know, South Africa, oceans to, to Australia and yeah. pretty much every song was a theme. And I created a 30 minute commercial free music that you could like just relax and watch with nice. no, there's no words. It's just relaxing music, you know? Right. Yeah. Because that's, that's what the big deal now. Yeah. Lots of people are getting into just the lo-fi. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds. Yeah. For Is sure. Called? It's called lo-fi. Lo-fi. Yeah. Okay. Lo-fi. Yeah, and I got it. I need that to go to sleep. <laughs> Yo, so that's what I that's what I created it for. And yeah, I created different. I create. I have ten different ones in season one. Yeah, and they're all a little bit different. So it's kind of like it's what helped me out because you know I thought how can I provide value to people? You know, and how does it align with what I'm doing? I love music. I'm an artist. Mm. I love to travel. 
So then I would just create these playlists. And it's like, I, when I wake up, the first thing I do is either I read or I work out. Mm-hmm. So when I work out, I can put these playlists on. Right. I can see these places, whether it's Bora Bora or Maldives, yeah. or if it's Turkey or Istanbul, anywhere. You're yeah. seeing these places and, and they're in, intertwined with music and it's keeping you going. It's keeping you motivated. I'll work out to them. I read yeah. to them. I do, I do a lot to them. So I was doing that, which was pretty cool. Um, and just some motivational stuff. And I think what really kind of took me to the next level was like doing the food vlogs, mm-hmm. you know, going around New York City, um, looking for the best pizza spots, you know, yeah. the best cheap eats, you yeah. know, going to the markets and, the, you know, the open air markets and like vlogging that stuff. And I think people love food. Everyone has to love. eat. Yes. Love, you know? love, love food. Yeah. You can't mm-hmm. go wrong talking about food. You just can't. Yeah. 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 And so many people love New York, especially if they're outsiders and they want to go and visit. But then mm-hmm. when they get there, they just don't know where to go. And like the traditional websites, TripAdvisor, all these other little websites aren't going to be as detailed or as like down to earth, the real deal as a YouTuber like you who goes out yeah. and goes there, vlogs about it and shows the real life experience of it, you know? Absolutely. So, yeah, that's so good. Because I myself, I want to go to New York and I yeah. want to go there and eat. Like, I just want to go get good food, <laughs> know exactly where to go, how to get there, how it's going to be, what I'm going to expect. Yeah. You know, that's what I want. So being able to watch a real life YouTube video of someone else doing exactly what I want to do to the T uh-huh. is, so, is so useful. Exactly. And that's the world that we live in now. Like YouTube yeah. is, when you want to learn how to do something, you go to YouTube, you'll get an in-depth you know, description of how to go somewhere or how to do something. Right. And it's like going to these places and the kind of feedback that I get, it's so funny because I'll label an episode best pizza in New York City and I'll go to like three different places. And there's a million pizza places in New York City, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's like, I know that people want to reach out and be like, no, 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 no. Yeah. You're not going to the best places, right? Yeah. But this is what I want. I want people to engage, right? Right. And to be interested and say, you know, you only stayed in Manhattan. Like, you haven't even had real pizza to come to Brooklyn, right? right? So it gives me opportunity to then create more content and say, okay, you know what? Next episode, we'll go to Brooklyn and let me know. Yeah. You know, drop some suggestions. And people from all over, people from Canada, from all over the world say, I'm coming to New York next week. I'm yeah. going to try this place. Right. Yeah. So I take a little bit of pride in that, too. Yeah. You know? So it's cool. That is very cool. That is yeah. so cool to do that. Yeah. And it's cool that your audience keeps coming back, you know, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you keep engaging them to then come back. You're involving them. You're taking their suggestions. Absolutely. So that's, yeah, that's so good. Because that's what yeah. he did. It's, he was like he got his audience engaged. He started to mentor them, give them advice, and then said, now, now you go and do. Absolutely. And, and, and that's experience. And, and, and one of my things I firmly believe is that when you learn things for yourself and then you learn things to then turn and teach other people, it's completely different. Yeah. Right? It's because when you learn things for yourself, you're like, okay, I'm just going to learn it. But if you know that you're going to like pay it forward and right. teach other people, you learn differently. Totally. Right. So I've been doing that and I've been like, I've been helping out so many people start their own YouTube channel. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, uh, one of, one of the, one of the guys from your class, Joannis. Hadiba. Oh yes. Yeah. I yeah. 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 I've been, I've been helping him start his YouTube channel. Now yeah. it's flourishing. Yeah. Yes. It's going oh, well. that's awesome. yeah. So you, mm-hmm. you helped him to get onto that platform. 
Absolutely. Yeah. We were out I there. Saw so you guys. I saw you guys. Was it Ghana that you guys? Yeah, we were in Ghana together. Yeah. We went to Ghana together. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. And he you know? is working with it. Now I'm watching his videos. He's traveling all around. He just did one like the um a typical Airbnb. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's again, that's what people want. Like they, yes. they want to see exactly what they are going to probably experience. You know, they absolutely want to see live, someone else doing it, not a website mm. telling them the overall reviews or pictures. They want to see someone there today, like last week. What yes. what this look like last week? Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. So good. You it's know, so it's it's awesome that you guys you see the trend you see the next you know platform mm -hmm. technology where it's going and how people are using it and then you you jump on that bandwagon to oh for sure yeah, yeah that's the way if you want to you want to reverse engineer things sometimes in life because if it works already then it's going to work for you it's just about how you apply yourself yeah yeah, yeah. wow so then from there did you did you continue on i know you said you're you're doing the traveling vlogging now. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. food, which do you still do that as you go out and stuff? Are you still doing the the food vlogging? So this is my thing. So I've so I've been back in New York for a short period of now, maybe less than a week by now. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been all over, but I already filmed uh my new food video, one of my newest ones, <laughs> and I'll probably go film another one tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm still doing that. So that's the that's the cool thing with my channel is that. You know, typically you go to YouTube, people are, are very niche down. Uh -huh. So if you go to their channel and they're working out, they're just a workout person, uh -huh. right? Or if they do food, they just do food reviews. Yeah. Or if they do travel vlogging, they maybe tap into that, you know, do a little bit of it while they're traveling, but they don't really go and, right? So my channel, it's cool because I can do this kind of, it's more of a lifestyle channel. Yeah. yeah. Right. So while I'm away, people are looking forward to, you know, while I'm traveling, you know, where to go where to stay what to eat you know where to party you know what to do for from a tourist perspective yeah. and then when i'm back here home it's like okay now let's go out let's find some cheap eat spots let's find the best pizza let's find you know who who makes the best ice cream you know right. or who has the best vegan food right so and people oh, yeah. people gravitate towards it because yeah. everyone has to eat and i think i created something where it's like it's it's more than just a food review because i'm actually talking to the owners yeah. how's your business doing during COVID? Yeah. you know so these good. kind of things yeah good job wow bravo for that that's so good you already know yeah wow. so good so the traveling where have you been tell me all the places you've been so far we might be here for a while um <laughs> cool. i'd say yeah we might be here for a while i'll tell you some i mean but the list the good thing is about like I'm always looking to travel to more places. Yeah. And I don't care if you've been to 100 countries, there's still more places you can go to. Yeah. Um, but I've and been to, a, to oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I've been to Mexico yeah. three times already. Yeah. You know, I love Mexico. Yeah. This is a Mexico jersey. Shout out to Mexico, you know. <laughs> um, Mexico is an amazing place. Um, but I've, like I said, I've been to Mexico three times. Uh, I've been to Thailand. Um, I've been to Turkey. Wow. Uh, I've been to Spain. Uh, I've been to London, Amsterdam. Scotland, um, I've been to you. Belize, Honduras, um, you know, Cayman Islands, yeah, um, like so many places, St. Thomas, Puerto Rico, yeah. Um, the list goes on. I have, awesome. I have a few more. Obviously, Af obviously, Africa, Ghana, Morocco, you okay. know, Morocco, very cool. Yeah, you know. So, so when you go, you've tried all the food, obviously. God, I'm so jealous. 
<laughs> yeah, I do try. I I try the food, but I'm not gonna front. Off camera, I'm a little scary sometimes. Like I gotta, <laughs> I have to know what it is. Yeah. What it? You know, I'm a little particular. I'm not picky, but I'm particular. Yeah. So I need to know what's spicy. You know, yeah. like what's I don't I don't really do seafood. Seafood's not my thing. Okay. Um. So I need to know before yeah, I start. Yeah. The camera starts rolling, but yeah, I do get to try a lot. Yeah. That's good. That soup that you and Joe had tried. Donna, um, mm -hmm. that soup looked freaking ridiculous. Oh, the grana soup. It's like peanut soup. Oh, peanut soup. Okay, I've had peanut soup before and it put me yeah. right to sleep. It actually put me directly to sleep like a That's big sleep for like 12 hours. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's oh, exactly God. what it does to you. It's so That's good. That was? How funny. Yeah, it was good. That's actually a video that we made um, how to eat with your hands, trying yeah. African food. Yeah. And um, that was an experience for sure. You know? <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, yeah. It always makes everybody, you know, want to, to experience what you're experiencing. It's one of those things and it brings people together. So yeah. Absolutely. Oh, good to incorporate that in what you're doing. Mm -hmm. But you incorporating also when you go to these restaurants and, and interviewing the owner, that is like so smart, so smart I, and so necessary. Yeah. It's yeah. the thing that is the thing that differentiates me, I believe, yeah. in a lot of my content, because a lot of people will get the food and then just sit down, tell you how the food is, and then just keep it moving. Exactly. For me, it's like, okay, for example, I went to a cheap eat spot. Uh, in Upper East Side, it's a wing place. Mm -hmm. And I walk in and initially the guy sitting right there on the laptop and I, I you know, introduce myself. Before I really start recording, just like, hey, I'm a YouTube vlogger. I want to come and like kind of shout out your spot. You know, I, I did some, some research and I want to see if it lives up to the hype. Yeah. And long story short, this guy turns out being the owner. Yeah. Right. The owner and the creator of the actual place. You know, he gives me the food on the house. We have a great conversation about how his business has been doing COVID. You know, he told me more about the product and the food that you can't that you can't just make that stuff up. Right. right. Like if you're eating it, you don't know unless you're talking right. to someone who really is, you know, in there. So yeah. it's just those kind of things. It's, it's, yeah. it's special. And then you have, you know, people, you're, you, this is free promotion. People would have to yeah, pay for yeah. these kind of things. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So one of the questions that I had for you was what brought you into entrepreneurship? And I think part of it was obviously COVID and yeah. you, you know, them abruptly stopping your income. And then the other part is, do you think you always knew that you would have been an entrepreneur or do you think that just kind of happened and you were like, okay, this, I could do this. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty good question. I would like to say that I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. Mm. right like I like knowing that I'm capable of doing things I don't have to rely on other people mm. and that's the biggest thing that YouTube has taught me yeah. right is that you have to be able to you have to really want to learn yeah right so when I wanted to start doing vlogging right I wasn't a cameraman mm -hmm. but I had to learn how to use the camera right right I, I wasn't an on-air personality right but I had to brush up on my skills and watch other people and, and learn how to how to be entertaining, yeah. right? I had to learn, you know, how to create a video from start to finish, like mm -hmm. what, a, what a, a writer does, what a producer does, what a director does, mm -hmm. you know, these, go to these places. This is what I have to say when I go here. These are questions I have to ask if they, if I run into an owner, you know, so producing all the stuff, you know, editing the actual video at the end of the day, like mm -hmm. I edit back from Hershey, 
shout out to Mrs. Gert, you know, Jane Gert helped me out, you know, right? And that's something, so that's the ironic thing. I let go of editing since I was 17 years old. I didn't pick it back up to about three years ago. Yeah. Right. And I'm 35. Yeah. Right. So I'm able to still pick up where I left off and become a videographer, right? Be a a writer, a producer, director, you know, and, and, and do all this stuff. But I had to learn. Yeah. I had to learn it. And I think that's what an entrepreneur does. Yeah. Like he, he takes something, you know, he obviously wants to innovate and either make it better or he wants to create something. Right. Um, so just creating something for myself and then understanding that I could pay it forward and show others how to create their own lane or their own avenue is what really drove me over the top to really get it, get it done. That's awesome. Yeah. Give me the overall mission and the vision for your business. Definitely to help our culture see the world. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? And culture, I use that loosely because, you know, that applies to so many different things mm-hmm. in my life and who, who we are. You're like your culture could be your close niche of, or your close group of friends mm-hmm. or your culture could be your family yeah. or your culture could be, you know, people you work with going on business outings or, you know, these kind of things with. Yeah. So just helping different types of cultures see the world, um, whether they like to travel um, whether that like if they're average travelers or if they don't travel or if they're afraid to fly or you know I have a board like right here in front of me and I always put three things to help me identify with people mm-hmm. to see things from different perspectives in their point of view like what makes traveling fun you know why you should travel and why people don't travel yeah right because then I know how people are thinking and then I could approach my content off of that yeah. I have why people don't travel. Number one, it's too expensive. Mm. Yeah. Right. Num- number two, um, they don't know how to or where to go. Right. Right. Number three, um, they don't find or create the time to do it. Yeah. Right. Number four, fear. Mm-hmm. Right. So keeping these things in mind allows me to, to be on the surface level with everyone else. Right. Right. And this is why I create content like you know, the same Airbnb you talk, me and Joe stay in that same Airbnb. Yeah. You know, what what $25 a night Airbnb looks like. Right. Because that resonates with people. Yeah. Right. And you can you can have a, a, an amazing video, the world's most expensive, you know, luxury stay. Right. Right. But out there, there are more people that are looking to budget than they're looking to yeah, do that. Exactly. Because right? I, so, I, yeah. I've seen so many like travel vloggers who they show like these unbelievable places where like a volcano meets a lake and they're diving yeah. lake and you're like where is this like and and what is this this gonna cost like a million dollars it's so unreal <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's Absolutely. you know yeah people don't even know where in the world and it takes like three planes to get there like it's so unrealistic and i think these yeah. days people people want more realistic so that they feel, oh, I can do this. Because Absolutely. when I look at those videos, I'm like, I'll never be able to do this. Like, unless I have a, a person who specifically takes me there, you know? Yeah. I don't even know where to start to find Exactly. The and then they're going to charge you for that guy to take you there anyway. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, it's so unrealistic. Yeah. And, and that's why. Appeal, the, the look of it, but. Absolutely. And that's why I love to make content that resonates with people. Because when you say, here's what a $30 a night Airbnb looks like. Yeah. 
people love that. And they, you know how many times have people reached out to me via email? Yo, what's the name of that spot? Can I stay there? Like, you know what I mean? And you can help provide these kind of things to people because if they're traveling and they're counting their dollars, right? You kind of want to allocate some money to where you stay. It's one of the most important things. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So if you know, I can spend $30 a night and I'm staying for seven nights. Yeah. That's going to help you budget to do other things versus spending a hundred dollars a night in a resort. If not more. Yeah if not way more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, then you're looking for something all inclusive because you don't want to have to spend any more money on, you know, all the other things that you naturally will need to spend money on when you travel food. Absolutely. And I'm a travel vlogger that I love to, I don't stay on resorts Mm -hmm. because I love the unbeaten path. Cause I think like that's, that's the idea of traveling. It's like, I do get that everyone travels differently. And sometimes you want uh, things that are pre-screened. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to go on excursion to certain places, it's okay to go pre-screen because you want to be ensured that it's safe. Safety, yeah. Yeah, you want to get there and get back safely. Right. Right. So I understand that. But there's things like, for example, you know, when I went to Ghana, when I went to Ghana. Same exact homemade authentic food in a resort than you're going to get in a normal little shack that is right there in the neighborhood. You know, yeah, to an you're gonna, that you rented. Yeah. Absolutely. You're going to have mass produced food. It's not to say that it's not yeah. great food, yeah. but we're going like when you go to Ghana and you eat jollof rice, yeah. like it takes like an hour to make jollof rice. Yeah. It takes a while. Yeah. And that's kind of one of the things they call it GMT time. It's called Ghana man time, but they call it also Ghana maybe time. Uh-huh. because it's like you're always they're always late with something yeah if they tell you to come through for a dinner party at six don't show up at six show up at eight right you know right. that's how the, you know they're very relaxed in their, their state of living yeah right so it's like it, it, it's a it's a it's a beautiful thing it's a beautiful yeah. thing you know? yeah that's good I, I like the realistic approach mm-hmm. uh, because I think that's what people want these days now they don't they mm-hmm. don't want to look at pictures and you know, live vicariously through the pictures. They want to feel like, oh, I see this and I I see myself going there for sure because they can, yeah. can see it and it's more realistic to them. Yeah, they know that the meals are going to cost three, four dollars, yeah. right? And if you see someone and they're telling you that it's different than researching it because you yeah. don't, you got to see it to believe it sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So in this um, time that, that you've started the blogging on your own, what do you think has been your biggest challenge? Hmm. that's good I mean I've come across a lot of challenges um and it's really um uh finding finding the time to really you know to be consistent and keep creating like I said before like I am a one-man band yeah right so I do a lot of different things so now that my channel is really seeing some success and taking off I'm gonna have to be real with myself and start delegating tasks. Yeah. Right. Instead of allowing other people, start building my team, allowing other people to help me out. Yeah. Right. And that that comes from like knowing how to build a team. Yeah. Right. Knowing how to trust people. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I'm an editor, so I edit all my videos a certain way. That's yeah. my thing. Right. But editing is probably the most time-consuming thing of of right. of YouTubing. Right. So I can sit at a computer for eight, ten hours at a time and just edit. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's, that's so really much time right. that I can recoup if I could delegate that task to someone. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, so I say one of the biggest challenges is just being able to compartmentalize and make time for everything. 
Mm -hmm. um, I have been able to do it, but it's been a challenge for sure though. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, that's huge because a lot of times entrepreneurs start as the lonely only. And then as mm -hmm. they grow, you know, as they start to expand, they, they have to kind of relinquish some of that control mm -hmm. um, to other people so that they can do more of what they're good at, what they're there for to expand, yeah. to innovate more, you mm -hmm. know, and then delegate the, the tasks that are more time consuming to, to those who, you know, that's what they do. That's yeah, their, absolutely. Their job. Yeah. 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 yeah that's, yeah, that's that's exactly, that's exactly how I it's feel. It's hard man. to relinquish that control in the beginning. Cause like you said, I like to edit a certain way and yeah, yeah. it's your baby. It's your baby. Yeah. So you're kind of like, yeah. like, whoa, like, bro, hold your arm differently. Like you're not holding right. the head right. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So, and that's, and that's kind of how you feel. Um, right. But when you start to um, understand that it's not just about you and you're, you're helping others seek opportunities and build these type of characteristics like you know knowing how to meet deadlines and you know and just doing what's asked of you and, yeah. and, and sometimes even going you know above and beyond like yeah you know it's it's, it's cool to to really like collab and, and work with people um because it builds character yeah exactly you know you know they say if you want to go fast go alone but if you want to go far go together yes right That's so good. yeah yeah. That. Mm -hmm. So during this time, um, or even before then, do you find yourself, first of all, what type of self-development do you do now and how often do you do it? Self-development every day. Yeah. Good. Every day. Like, like it's like a shower for me. Like yeah. I mean, I'm in constant search of it, like for real straight up, like, you know, and, and it really is, it's a lot to really take on the task. Yeah. But once you start holding yourself accountable for everything in your life, you don't make excuses anymore, right? Or you don't place the blame on someone else to say, this is why this is happening to me. Right. You know, so it's like every day, like I'm conscious, like, you know, I love to read, but I don't read as much as I, I used to when I was like really on it, but I still make the time for it. I like to read. Um, I like, like I said, I like to excuse my mind for things. I love to work out, yeah. you know, um, and I love to go out and just be amongst others to like kind of live, live life and then have something to really take in and then give to others. Yeah. You know, so I'm every day I'm in search of that, of that self-improvement. Yeah. Um, and, you know, whether if I have to go and, and binge YouTube videos for two hours yeah. to give me that spark, to get me going for the week, I'll do it. So whatever it is, and that's, I feel like I've just been isolating myself from right. a lot of the outside world and just focusing on, you know, the only thing that matters to me and that's like providing value and, and growing my brand. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. What would you say, speaking of brand, if you were to put um, a, a few sentences together or a description of your mm -hmm. brand, what, what would you say your brand is? I would say my brand is an opportunity to get to know yourself, mm. right? So you can kind of live vicariously through me. Uh -huh. um, my brand is also something that wants to empower people, mm. right? To, to be knowledgeable and make the right choices. Yeah. I think right? it's like value on, on 
not just living your best life, but mm-hmm. but like also encouraging others to live their best life because that, yeah. that makes you happy. <laughs> like, yeah, totally it does for sure. That in you, each every little smile you you crack like these little smiles yeah. when you mention it. You know when uh-huh. you mention yeah. other people living their best life or being happy. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's one of the biggest challenges that we have nowadays is that a lot of people are consumed in what yeah. others are doing yeah. or how they're perceived. Right. And I feel like when you really start to focus on who you are, right, what makes you tick, yeah. and then how you can start to help other people, mm-hmm. then the outside noise kind of like it dies down a little bit. Yeah. Right. And you don't really become dependent on that to fuel you right you're not fueled by somebody saying you can't do something right you know you want to be fueled by people saying you can do things like you want to surround yourself with that type of environment yeah right and and just really taking accountability for every action decision and choice that you make you know absolutely yeah your association and your level of accountability is so crucial Mm -hmm. the type of people you surround yourself with are they you know driven are they vision oriented are they stagnant you know are they are they thinkers of the past are they Mm -hmm. innovators like yourself are they supportive um because again you're you're the average of the people that you hang out with the five or six yeah absolutely absolutely yeah association is so key and i Mm -hmm. love that you keep going back to accountability because that's that's such a good characteristic of a strong entrepreneur is taking accountability Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to. I believe that that's the only way that you could really understand, you know, on on how to control your own destiny. Right. And I think that comes from like, like, I love that people work for other people. You know what I'm saying? If that makes you happy, then I'm happy for you. Right. But I think a lot of things that people do, like they do it because, you know, they're, they're, they're conditioned to go to work and be like, you're told what to do. Right. Right. And some people don't know how to live outside of that. That's why when people work from home, they get a little funny style. Your bosses don't want you to work from home because people don't know how to act. Right. (laughs) Right. But now we live in a place where we have to recondition ourselves in the world that we live in. Like, you have no, you have to work from home now. Right. Right. And now your bosses probably get it a little more like, no, I trust you to work from home. I have no choice but to trust you. Right. Right. So now I think, you know, people, they've either learned to take accountability or they've kind of shied away from it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we have to get in the habit of being more aware. Like, Mm -hmm. is this, is this what I want? Is this benefiting me or is this taking me to where I want to be? My husband Mm -hmm. always says, you know, people without vision will perish. Like it's in the Bible. People Mm -hmm. without vision will perish. And it's so true. Like people are, like you said, conditioned to go to job, go go to college, finish college, get a job, stay there for 40 years, retire and make less money than we were we were even making most of our lives. Cause now we're, you know, taking just 40% of what our normal and because our expensive has been reduced. But it's such a and I don't want to say small because so many people do this and they're very happy. Mm-hmm. But what if you break out of that box if we're thinking even bigger it's such a small way of thinking because mm-hmm. we've never unlearned things of the past and relearned like things that are evolving like Absolutely. colleges probably really won't exist in the next 
25 years, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. more entrepreneurs are being born every single day. You know, I, I don't, me personally, I don't think I would really encourage my daughter to go to college mm-hmm. unless she wanted to be something very specific, like a surgeon, you know, yeah. have to go to school for something like that. But for sure, a lot of what I'll teach her is be true to yourself. And there is no box that you have to fit into. You don't go to college. Who the hell cares? And that's coming from someone who has three degrees. I have a bachelor's and two masters. And yeah. I still went into entrepreneurship. So I mm-hmm. look back at my degrees and I'm like, that was a lot of money. <laughs> and I a lot of money. A lot of money. And I and then I went this way, you know, and this way was so much happier for me. Because yes. the question, is this really what I want? Or am I living in fear? Am I just looking for a, a fake security? Like our mm-hmm. fake security is this job, it's this paycheck, but like you had that enlightening situation where you practically got laid off and yeah. had that not happened, maybe it wouldn't have clicked that. Listen, I always knew I could have been an entrepreneur. Now's the time, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like, boom, now's your time, Kelsey. What you've always mm-hmm. should have been is what's going to happen now, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what, and that's a, that's a great point. And I, and I believe in that too. Like there's two types of people. Like there's types of people that want to go back to security. Mm-hmm. And there's another type of person that wants to go forward towards growth. Yeah. And there's a lot of risk in growth. Yeah. But, you know, and, there's, and then there's nothing wrong with security. Yeah, like if you're 65 yeah. and yeah. you don't want to be out there like wishing, hoping and praying. Right. Get your 401k. Get your, yeah. You know, like I understand that. Like everyone's not, everyone's built differently. But I think that growth is always the answer, yeah. right? And, and, and denying the, the inevitable, like what do you think is gonna happen, Yeah. right? You're gonna hit 50 at one point, you're gonna hit 60 and 70 at one point as well. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, so I think that doing what makes you happy is the most important thing, yeah. right? Like, but when you're broke, love won't get you on the bus, but at the same time, you know, having conversation with the bus driver to say, hey, listen, I'm going through a tough time right now, you know, I'll get you back next time, you know, and having that able, that ability to connect with people and understand that you can use your resources to get a lot of things, you yeah. know, um, but, and, and, and this, is, this is the thing, like, you want to be able to just continue to, to, to try to provide value for people yeah. um, in any way, shape or form. Yeah, that's good that you keep yeah. going back to giving value to people, because that's what it's all about. Yeah. In the yeah. end, we're just servants of each other, you know. The more you could serve someone else, the better off that that you'll be as a person. It's more fulfilling, for sure. You know, when you sure. feel that you're in some way giving to someone else. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just in our nature, you know. Yeah, and you're doing it because you want to do it, not because nothing is is expected of anyone else. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, how do you think you've grown as an individual during this time of business ownership? Um. I've definitely grown in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, like I said before, like taking accountability, like yeah. is probably the number one thing. Like <clears throat> I can't blame anything on like on my internet speed or yeah. I can't blame it on like, oh, I don't feel like it today. You know, like we right. make so much stuff up. Yeah. Right. And then it's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm honest. I'm being honest right now. Yeah. I've been... <laughs> right i've read i've read a book it's called you know what to say when you talk to yourself oh yes hold on you have that book 
Yo, that I is a, that, yeah, Dr. Shad Helmstetter. That is an yeah, amazing book. book. I love that book. Yes. Right? That's, that's fire that we had that. Comment. Yeah, it really makes you think. Like, yes. how have I been talking to myself? Exactly. And it's like, how do you talk to yourself? And that gets you yeah. through a lot. Yeah. And that book helped me to understand how I talk to myself, what I believe is capable. And like, it, everything starts with your inner, inner, inner talking, your inner self. Yeah, um, yeah, that's crazy. You have that book though. That's what's up. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. I, I love uh -huh. that. I love that you do all this self development because yeah, it, it's so key as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, if you're not self developing, you'll probably quit after three months of entrepreneurship. Like For sure. <laughs> yeah, it'll just yeah. be too hard, and your mindset won't be able to handle it because yeah, eating it the right things. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> that's crazy. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. So um, if you were to give two pieces of advice to someone starting their entrepreneurial journey, what do you think you'd tell them? Man, uh, one, I give a lot more than two. That's kind of what YouTube vloggers do. <laughs> like we give you mad tips on everything because that's how we keep content going and keep watching. Yeah. But I would, I would give two. One, um, advice to entrepreneurs that's coming out is what you're saying? Yeah, just starting um, their journey. Starting their journey. One, I'd say reverse engineer. Mm -hmm. um, take things that are working right now. Take things that are people that are interested in, um, that can help provide value to people. Find someone who's doing it at a high level. Look at their macro and then research and, and, and study their micro. Yeah. Right? And kind of come back. So if they're here, so if you want to be a personal speaker, or motivational speaker, look at someone like Eric Thomas, or maybe even a Gary V. Yeah. Right? Look at where they are now. Look at the impact that they have, and if that's something that you want to commit yourself to, to giving to other people or providing to other people, then you can work your way back. Yeah. Right. You say, okay, what what yeah. are the things that people have have done, like Gary V or Eric Thomas, to get to this point? Right. Well, I see that he had a he had a daily morning show where he answered questions for people. Um, I see that. Um, he had a weekly vlog where he showed you all of his business appointments in that week and everything he accomplished. Yeah. You know, I see that, you know, he, he, he meets up with other creators and has sit downs. Right. And there's so many things you could take from people right. and really just be, be, be eclectic. Yeah. Take what works for you. If you're not great, you know, at like meeting up with 10 people at a time, do a one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah right have a zoom meeting or have you know don't be afraid to get your thoughts out there so number one definitely reverse engineer take someone that you admire or that you feel is at a level you want to be at and then look at everything they've done to get there and work your way back so good yeah yeah so good yeah because you can't you can't fail that way you can't right fail. yeah yeah and it doesn't seem like so unattainable like so mm -hmm. You're obviously not gonna get to where they are tomorrow, you know. Where yeah. you know some people they look at that person, and they're like, "Oh my God, I'll never get there." But like you said, they didn't look at the in between. They're just Absolutely. seeing who that person is now. But who was that person ten years ago when they first started? Yeah, that's absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know, reverse engineering it. You know, so that was that would be my first uh, tip of advice. Yeah. Um, my second tip of advice, um, I probably have to say. Um, creates create more self-awareness mm -hmm. right and 
don't care too much about what other people think. Yeah. Right. Because I can give you the formula. I could tell you how to, I can give you a template to, to whatever, but these kind of things, like we just talked about with the book, yeah, like creating self-awareness and not focusing on what other people think right. is going to empower you and going to give you so much more. Self-esteem is worth more than a million dollars. Yes. Right. Absolutely. And getting yourself on the right track is going to allow you to keep going. Now, you might go 10 miles an hour, you might go 60 miles an hour, but as long as you're on the right track. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? So creating self-awareness for yourself, understanding who you really are and not really trying to, you know, become someone or be someone you're not. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. You don't have to voice it with the world. That's the conversation you need to have with yourself. Yeah. Right. And work towards being a better person and then get yeah, and just not focus and have the blinders on yeah yeah that's so mm -hmm. good because a lot of times you know as much as we love our friends and family and stuff like that a lot of times they could be our biggest critics mm -hmm. whether it's fear-based or are you sure you want to start this business are you sure you want to go that way are you sure yeah. you want to go find another job you mm -hmm. know are you sure this is the right path a lot of times it can it can be a lot of negative talk um to slow us down and then mm -hmm. a lot of times we're spinning our wheels you know our, our energy trying to make everybody else happy or give yeah please everyone whereas Absolutely. We're just like you said true to ourselves mm -hmm. you know that energy is better spent you know internally very um, true and, and, whatever, and it, wherever it falls it falls the interesting thing is that people who've never done something will always tell you how to do it right right and it's like you've never done it you've never attempted it like you've never you don't do this you know and that's the funny thing about life yeah. right and you know that's why i feel like you have to like stay curious stay curious you know and keep wanting to find out things and how to make things better you know yeah. including yourself yes that's so good I'll always be curious always be mm -hmm. to learn yeah mm -hmm. I, I learned that too the moment you think you know everything is obviously the moment you're not going to learn anything further um, sure yeah always be curious is is very another good characteristic of, of mm -hmm. a yeah 100 percent. so i know you're not you don't have you don't have kids right kelsey no kids no okay. kids so as far as like family life Mm -hmm. um, do you just have like family in New York that that you visit often or uh I have family in New York um I see every now and then I haven't seen them in a little while you know COVID's kind of had everyone in their yeah. shell yeah yeah um yeah. but I have family all over I have family you know here in New York I have family in Pennsylvania yeah you know I have family in Florida St. Thomas yeah Puerto wow. Rico all over in North Carolina, you know, all, all up and down the Northeast, you know, so yeah. Oh, that's awesome. It's nice to have family. I do too. I have family all over the place, but it's yeah. nice then you always have a place to visit, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I have a brother in Dubai. I have a brother and a sister and my mom in Cali. I have two sisters here in Pennsylvania. So yeah. I, I can, wherever I want to go, I can go. And then that's a part of being a milk too is yeah. you have extended family everywhere too. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you already know well, that's always good yeah oh yeah that's not that's a fact yeah so do you see yourself um you know marrying soon or having kids soon and if so how do you think your business ownership will affect that family life 
That's a great question. That's something I've been thinking about recently. You know, yeah. and you know, the more we start to mature, you start having those questions that, okay, well, where am I going to be in the next couple of years? Like, right. what does my life look like? Because as an entrepreneur, you have to ask those questions. Yes. Right. And I think that finding balance allows you to, to, to navigate life easier. So it's not just asking those questions in business. It's asking those questions in your personal life, yeah. right? Asking those questions from, you know, acquaintances to friends, yeah. like who's around me? Is this person helping me? Are they hurting me? Right. You know, right. where's my growth here? Like, what is it? You know, over time, things change and people change. Yeah, absolutely. You know? um, so right now, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to, you know, to having, you know, a family of my own. Yeah. Right. And I think. So I think the best thing we can do as people is to be prepared for opportunity when it presents itself. Yeah. So that deals with self-work, mm -hmm. right? Knowing who you are as a man, you know, or as a woman, right? What type of value you provide, you know, what, where your strengths are, you know, what things are you, do you need to work on? Right. Right. As an individual and in a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. And what type of parent will you be, you yeah. know? Yeah. Right? Are you able to to control your own mental lapses? Right. If not, how do you control someone else's? Right. Because they're going to learn from what you do. You know, kids don't do what you say; they do what you do. Exactly. Absolutely right? true. Yes. Yeah. So for me, like I've been like really like it's a it's a challenge. I love it. Yeah. Because I'm like able to just be like okay, well, I got to step my game up, and it's like me helping myself, you know, level up. Yeah. always makes me feel better about myself and where I'm going in the future. That's so good. Yeah. You know? And I think that's also human nature is our happiness. Everyone thinks happiness is something like you get to, but mm -hmm. I, I think happiness is the journey of you always feeling like you're somehow progressing daily. Yeah. Yeah. That's really to me what happiness is progress in some way, whether yeah. that's mental progress, physical progress in your, in your, you know, body, uh, spiritual progress. Yeah. You're, you're progressing as a whole, as a family, monetary progress, you know, whatever that your progress is meeting mm -hmm. daily goals, you just keeping little promises to yourself. I feel like that is happiness. That's for sure. Um, for sure. And like you said, the fact that you love being challenged is such a good, it, it's a very strong characteristic. Yeah, for sure. I, I agree. I agree. And and I agree with what you said, like happiness is not something you're going, you get to like, you know what I'm saying like, no, like happiness is the bus ticket. Yeah. Like happiness gets you on the bus and yeah. it's all up to you, depending on what stop you get off on. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like you, there's always you, gonna be problems and always things that will keep us, you know, fearful, mm -hmm. down, upset, whatever the case is. Life, exactly. life is not all blossoms and you know, it's hard. It's hard for as sure. Hard. For yeah. sure. So if you yeah. get off the bus too soon, you're yeah. gonna realize, yo, I got off too soon. I gotta walk another 16 miles. Yeah. Right. And it's gonna seem like it's the hard way or the long way. We're yeah. sometimes gonna have a little faith, a little hope. You know, stay on the bus a little bit longer and you're going to get to your destination. Yeah. You know what I mean? And happiness is the journey there. Yeah. You know, like when you finally get to see your family, you meet for Thanksgiving and, you know, you haven't seen them in three years. It's it's everything that happened in the three years yeah. that makes you feel like I'm happy to be here. Right. You um, know what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. That's yeah. good. 
That's mm -hmm. a great way to look at it. I like that. Yeah. yeah. So sure. how do you think your upbringing at MHS impacted you now as an adult? Man, so many ways. Like the, the list can go on with that. I mean, from just basic domestic things. Yeah. You can start there. Like learning, like knowing how to do laundry, yeah. like <laughs> knowing how to cook, right? Domestic things is so good. So, so basic. I could, I could say a million things. But I'm gonna start there. Yeah. Because I think that I think what I've learned being outside of Hershey, Mount Hershey, is that everyone wasn't raised the same. Yeah. <laughs> right? Everyone was not raised the same. I've seen grown men struggle to cook scrambled eggs. Yeah. And it was painful. Yeah. It's painful. Yeah. Right. So it's like, bro, you don't know how to do laundry. Right, right. You're like 38. What do you, <laughs> <mean>? <laughs> you know what I mean? So I say I'm most appreciative of, of, of those things because it's like, you know, you're 38 and you're putting bleach in colors. What are you doing? <laughs> you know? That is great. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that, that's just something that I appreciate. MHS has taught me those things, those basic domestic things to be, as all people should know, um you know being sanitary cleaning up after yourself knowing how to you, you, you love that right there <laughs> it's so important so yeah oh that's so good yeah. yeah you know what i mean so but that i mean mhs has done a lot more than that but i say just instilling the yeah. right kind of morals and principles yeah right, is goes a long way yeah it does. It's crazy how much how much they taught us, like family life, how to how to really take care of a household. I, yeah. I would say they definitely taught us those domestic things. I, mm -hmm. I would say what we were missing in, in that area is like how to take care of a household is, you know, watching our parents struggle to pay bills or yeah. just watching them pay bills mm -hmm. or keep track of things like that, you know, or watch yeah. them kind of go to work every day. I think what we saw was just everything happening happening we didn't see anything happening behind the scenes yeah we were just kind of floating by and being taken care of but we didn't see what it takes to take care of a family or a household and yeah then when we got into the real world and now we're like oh there's utilities um you know rent and bills and we didn't like none of that at least for me i didn't really see that because we didn't see it in our home home maybe yeah. before growing before going to milton hershey you know i definitely saw my mom struggling to pay everything i mean we were sure. broken poor as it as it gets mm -hmm. um so i saw that horrible struggle up until the age of 10 and then i got mm -hmm. to milton hershey and then i saw nothing except we get nivea we get cocoa butter we get everything free we get food you know, yeah. you have to follow the rules, you know, Christmas, Christmas came early. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then, and then, and then we got all these awesome experiences. I mean, health occupation and mm -hmm. every sport you can imagine and horsemanship and 4-H and, you know, yeah. excursions, but we, we didn't see what it takes to be able to have the money it takes yeah. to, be able to have that stuff, like the work ethic necessary. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. No, I agree. Our parents are working. That's their job. Yeah. Like they couldn't really show us that part. They couldn't say every day, like, I'm I'm working. You know, this is how you get this food on the table. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. That didn't really click, at least 
for me until I got into the real world. And I was like, oh yeah, okay. Out, outside of the dorm life, because I left the dorm life like six months into college. I was like, mm -hmm. no more roommates. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. want to be alone, you know? Yeah, and yeah. I had to learn like, oh shit, it's not just rent, it's electricity, it's gas, it's water, it's trash, it's Wi-Fi, it's a phone bill, it's all these things. Yeah. So if we could have just gotten that part too, that would have been awesome. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. Those are definitely some things that, you know, we could have been exposed to a bit more. Yeah. You know, things just like simple things like how to do taxes. Yeah. Right? yeah. right. You're seeing your parents do taxes or, you know, how to get car insurance for your own car. Right. right? right. Like these kinds of things that we weren't really have, you know, when you're in Milton Hershey, you obviously don't have a car. Right. right? Yeah. You don't have to yeah. drive. You don't have to get gas. You don't have to right. wash your car. Exactly. You don't have to. Exactly. Right. Like simple things we do as individuals. Um, but yeah, I mean, those those I would agree. Those are the things that we could have probably used. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's why I think Hershey has changed as well. I mean, oh, a couple so years after yeah. we left, like the, the transitional living. Yeah. Like yeah. in that experiment and yeah. like you know so yeah yeah and you know what's funny the more i do these interviews i've been interviewing a lot of younger classmen mm -hmm. the more that i'm seeing younger people getting into entrepreneurship earlier and earlier mm -hmm. like right away they're just and it's and even when i do go back to the school i think i've gone back to like two homecomings since i graduated yeah. the kids are completely different like they're so much more expressive you they have a sense of more confidence gotcha. they're more aware you know of, mm -hmm. of life in general so mhs has grown so far so, sure. so much in those areas because you can see it in the kids and that's yeah. why there has been you know an awareness and an understanding and then some growth because now you see it in the roots and the roots are the kids you yeah know, see how how much better they're doing as as a whole they're not just kind of you know, moseying around the way we did, just kind of, okay, here's where we go and here's what we do. Yeah. They're more aware of everything, you know? Exactly. Like for me, MHS had so much to like grab onto and run with, you know, all these, I didn't do health oc and I didn't know I could, you know, if I took that, I could be a nurse right away. Like no one taught me the importance of what they offered. Understood. I feel kind of like an idiot still, you know, mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't understand the value of all that was offered there. Yeah. If I were to go back now and redo MHS, I would be in everything, like every uh, yeah. single thing they offered, I'd be in it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I For think sure. I took a lot of that with me was like, man, I need to be aware. I need to know how to be resourceful, what's around me and how to grasp it and take full advantage of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's the best way, and I, and you just want to be proactive. Yeah, you, know? you just want to get after it and just and just try new things and don't be afraid to fail. You know. Yeah. So, with that said, what advice do you think you'd give your younger self? Man, I can, I have like a scroll. It'll just like keep rolling. You know. Um, that's the vlogger in you to constantly give. Yeah, that's a fact. Um advice I get to my younger self I'd say invest a little bit more of your time into the thing that's going to help you build your future 
And, and, and that's just like, I think it's something so simple. Like I wouldn't say I want to change everything about what's happened previously, but I think just like sometimes having time to yourself to do things for yourself will ultimately get you further. Yeah. You know, as I think we're in the younger, as we're younger, like, you no know, late teens, early twenties, mid twenties, late twenties, we're so consumed by what our friends are doing or what the cool thing is or where we think we should be, you know? And I think sometimes you just have to experiment a little bit more, mm -hmm. right? But you can't experiment if you're always up underneath your friends. Right. You're always doing what they're doing. You guys going are always hanging. Yeah. Yeah, going with the crowd. Like sometimes you have to experiment things. Yeah. Like, you know, when I started traveling places by myself, mm -hmm. like, it's different. Some people won't even go to the movies by themselves. Yeah. Right. That's so like to travel, yeah, yeah, to travel by themselves is like nerve wracking. Right. Right. So like once I started doing things by myself, I started appreciating alone time, mm -hmm. solidarity, mm -hmm. right? A little bit of isolation. Like I would go to a bar by myself and just go sit, you know, have a drink, because then you're in a position where then you you have to be more social. Right. You can have a conversation with somebody next to you for 20 minutes and then leave. Right, right. Right, like most people want to go to the movies with other people. When you go to the movies, you don't talk to anyone. Right, right. You, If anything, they eat all your popcorn, right? Yeah, it's just like, yeah. so like I've learned to do things for myself and by myself. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate them even more when I'm with other people. Right. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. So the second to last question, yeah. um, what's your overall vision for your legacy and your future generations? My legacy. My legacy for the future generations would be to, you know, just help people see that the life that they have now could be so much better. It can be improved by 10 if they're just willing to commit to something. If they decide that they want to do something, put their mind to it. It sounds so cliche. Yeah. And you say you could be anything you put your mind to. Right. But honestly, I'm gonna take a different approach. Like if you really reverse engineer, figure out something that you want to do but that, that gives you passion, that you're passionate. When you wake up, you're like, I gotta, I gotta get going, Yeah. right? Like if you don't have that feeling when you wake up, that's not it. Right. Right? So having that fire inside of you, knowing, cause we all have it. It might be that one thing, but that thing should wake you up in the morning and constantly drive you mm -hmm. to say, yeah, I need to get better at this because it's that attitude that allows you to create balance and want to get better at everything else and come full circle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, this is yeah. a big question. Big question. What big does question. being a milk mean to you? Oh man, this is the toughest question of all. <laughs> uh uh other than like Spartan. You see, I got my, my Spartan joint back here. Is that what that, that is? I thought that, that is. was part of the lamp. I didn't see yeah. the helmet. It is a it is a lamp. Part. It is oh, a it lamp. is a lamp. Oh my so, god. So did you so you had that my house? My house father, shout out to Mr. Boyer, George Boyer, Nana Cult, you already know. Oh. He made he made this for me when we left. So, you know, you know, I was a captain of the football squad, but I always wow. love 
you know, the helmets. So he made, you know, a helmet into a lamp for us. How cool is that? Wow, and you've yeah. had all these years? That is so I had cool. It. Yeah, that's one of my most prized possessions for sure. That is great. And wow. even when I'm, at, at one point, I'll probably like take the lamp off and probably like frame the, the helmet. Yeah. Because yeah. like that right now, you probably can't just go to the football locker and like, let me get a helmet. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> right? So right. that's definitely, yeah. Very um, cool. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, what what does milk what does a milk mean milk to me? Um, means family. Means understanding. Yeah. Means you know empathy. Means sharing. Means caring. Means love. Means you know potential. Yeah, you know yeah. means you know commitment, sacrifice. Right. Um. Good thing you just asked me for one word because I I just said about ten. But all those things definitely reign true and especially yeah. sacrifice on our parts and our families, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's so, sure. that's so true. Wow. That's really mm -hmm. good. That's the first time I heard anybody say that sacrifice. Yeah. It is true. We did sacrifice a lot as kids. Our families sacrificed a lot. You only get one childhood. Only you don't one. get to relive your oh. childhood. Yeah. Right. So that is very, it's very like no one Hershey knew. You yeah. could potentially, these are kids. These are not even your kids we're talking about. Right. Like these are their futures. Yeah. So if you don't get it right, yeah. like, you know what I mean? It's not a good look, but you know, they got it right. And you know, but at the end of the day, it's it's really about the individual. Right? Yeah. The school provides us with that because a lot of people have left Hershey and have went up, left, north, south, right. east, west, right? right? right. It's right. all about the decisions that we make, you yeah. know? Yeah. and how you've taken your experiences you know for sure everyone takes it differently yeah. exactly yeah people mm -hmm. take their experiences and say overall it was negative and you know it didn't benefit me and i'm not going to learn from it or you can say you know overall it was hard but it definitely benefited me and i'm going to grow from it and and mm -hmm. you know, like for me i i had a, i had a pretty hard time at mhs like i had yeah. four different sets of house parents um i had a big problem with authority um, I did really great in school and I was all my activities and things like that. I did great in, I was super happy when I was yeah. in school, but anytime I was in the student home, I was never happy. I was only happy mm. once at a house fair. They were phenomenal and they, they made me feel like they actually cared. But yeah. the other three, I was never happy. I always felt, um, kind of like omitted and, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, I kind of felt like they, picked on me a little bit more than some of the other girls. But again, gotcha. I also had an issue with authority. Um, but even, even with all of that, I look back and I'm like, I would never have had it any other way because mm -hmm. before Milton Hershey was even worse. I mean, if we would have stayed in the upbringing that we had before Milton Hershey, you know, yeah. I would probably be dead in, on drugs or in jail with zero education. Mm -hmm. you know, way worse of a situation. And For now sure. back as an adult, now I have so much empathy and understanding for all those house parents because mm -hmm. they sacrificed. Like, I don't know that I would ever want to be a house parent. Ever, yeah. ever, ever, ever. That's a huge sacrifice. Absolutely. And especially if you have your own kids, mm -hmm. raising your kids and, you know, 12 to 14 other kids is hard. For sure. So much trauma and so many unique backgrounds, 
you know, in different stages of their life. And now you're there to be a parent figure plus an authoritative figure. It's hard. Of course. Think about all the, all the Christmases and Thanksgivings they miss with their immediate families and wherever they live previously. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that word that you use sacrifice to be part of mill it, it's yeah. big because it's, it's family and all those things that that usually most people will say but mm -hmm. you can't forget about the sacrifice on on all parts on all parts on all parts like because when we like you said when christmas came early you started to get these things from hershey you started to like oh this is pretty cool lotion then, deodorant wow right right and then you're like oh but the trade-off is that i have to make it through this by myself right yeah right and that's the trade-off like Lots of we'll give you stuff. we'll give you everything you need, but you have to be mentally strong enough to get through this by yourself and no one yeah. else is going to get you through it. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. And I think you and I got there around the same age. I was 10. You were 11 Yeah. years, but around the same time in our life. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a crucial time. It is a, a crucial time. Yeah. 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 That's right before you really figure out who you are. Right. Yeah. 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 Wow. So yeah. before we jump off of here, I want you to. Um, give everybody any handles, social media handles that you have, websites, yeah. your YouTube platform, just so people have it. I'm going to put it in the description too, Yeah. Uh, but definitely shout it out for people so that they can jump on and subscribe. Oh, for sure. Well, everybody, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. It's been a great time here with the one and only Ms. Habayu. Um, and we've had a great time discussing. I want you guys to try to check out my channel. I have amazing content. Um, you can go to YouTube and type in, you know, Kels Acosta, K-E-L-S-A-C-O-S-T-A. Same for Instagram, same for Twitter. Um, Kels is still on Facebook. Um, definitely want you guys to, you know, to come by, check out the content. Make sure you, you know, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell. Uh, I'll be traveling. I'll be doing food reviews here in New York City. So if you guys like food, like I do, you know, we'll, we'll be doing it, you know, big. So thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. I hope to see you guys soon on the channel for sure. Awesome. So good. And it was yeah. really great talking to you, Kelsey. And hopefully um, once I get out, I just did my second vaccine uh, okay. on Friday. So hopefully I get to start traveling soon. It's a little bit tough with a toddler. But maybe, you. maybe, you know, you can okay. give us some insight on that. Oh, I got you. I got you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Toddler, but I'm sure you know, you know. <laughs> Thanks to doing New York City with kids. I got it. I got to yeah. make a video yeah. with that. I got you. That would be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. It was great talking to you. I'll talk Absolutely. To you. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Bye. Bye.